right, good morning, everybody. How you doing? Yo, you guys glad to be here today? Hey, let's thank the Lord one more time. Get to be in God's house today. All right, so um, it's been said that women speak more words than men. All right, that's just kind of common knowledge. In fact, I've heard what's bounced around is that women will speak 20,000 words a day compared to men's 7,000 words a day. Now, I don't know if that's true or not. I mean, I grew up in a house full of women, right? I have daughters and that may be true. I don't know, I'm not really sure, but there was a doctor, Dr. Matthias Mill. He's an associate professor of psychology at the University of Arizona. He decided to put that to the test to see just how many words we speak and if there is a great disparity between men and women. So. He took these devices called electronic activated recorders. Uh, the acronym is EAR for ear, right? Kind of fancy. And he uh, attached that to several hundred men and several hundred women, calculate, you know, recording their conversations and so on, calculate all of his data. And this is what he came up with. He said, according to his research, that men and women really do not have a great disparity between the number of words they speak. There were some men that spoke a lot and some that didn't and so on with women. So there wasn't a big disparity that on average, men and women speak roughly about 16,000 words a day. 16,000 words a day. So that would be equivalent to maybe a, a small little pamphlet of about 36 pages is how much you speak in a day. Now that uh, if you extrapolate that to a week, then that's about 112,000 words a week, which is, uh, would fill up a book about 220 pages, All right? So think about that. That's a pretty substantial book. You're filling up every single week. If you take that to the month, it's 448,000 words a month, which roughly runs up to about a book, about a thousand pages, which is this one right here. This has about a thousand pages. So this is how much you speak in one month. Now, if you want to know how many in a year, it's about 5.3 million words in a year. So just take this volume and imagine a 12 volume set of this book right here. That's how much you speak in one single year. So think, just imagine that this is your, well, let's just say this is your uh, April. All right. We've got a couple of days left in April. So let's just imagine this is your April and I'm going through all the words that you said this month. Ooh, wow. All right. Now this has got all of your emails. This has got all of your text messages, certainly all of your phone conversations, all the stuff you said at work, all the stuff you said at home. It even has your social media post in here. Uh, if I was just going to read your months uh, out loud, uh, how much of this would need to be redacted, right? <laughs> like marked through. Uh, you might not be that comfortable with me reading everything you said uh, this month, right? Why? Because our words uh, are not always great. Would you agree with that? You know, uh, we live in a time when there is a war of words. We see it uh, in the political realm, for sure. You see it on the news. I mean, every, uh, yeah, every comment seems to be an explosive comment, a negative comment, a divisive comment. Uh, we see this in the, in the culture war where just one tweet can become headline news, uh, whether it's from a politician or an athlete 
Uh, You see the war of words playing out in your office where you work. You see it playing out in your school. You see it playing out in your home. The words that you say really matter. In fact, did you know that Jesus uh, said that our words matter, that the Bible overall has a lot to say about our words. Why? Because our words are really important to God. Why are our words so important to God? Well, we're going to look at that today. So if you've got your Bible, I want you to open it up with me to the book of James chapter 3. Book of James chapter 3 is where we're going to land today. If you didn't bring a Bible, there's one at your seat and we'll put the page number up on the screen so you can follow along with me. We're at James chapter 3, talking about our words. James chapter 3, beginning of verse 1. This is the word of God. Not many should become teachers, my brothers, because you know that we will receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in, in what he says, he is mature able also to control the whole body. Now, if we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we direct their whole bodies. And consider ships, though though very large and driven by fierce winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So too, though the tongue is a small part of the body, it boasts great things. Consider how small a fire sets ablaze a large forest, and the the tongue is a fire. The tongue, a world of unrighteousness, is placed among our members. It stains the whole body, sets the whole course of life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. Every animal, every kind of animal, bird, reptile, and fish is tamed and has been tamed by humankind, but no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse people who are made in God's likeness. Blessings and cursings come out of the same mouth. My brothers and sisters, these things should not be this way. Does a spring pour out sweet and bitter water from the same opening? Can a fig tree produce olives, my brothers and sisters, or a a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt water spring yield fresh water. Stop right there for just a minute. So what is he saying? Really, you you could probably write on the top of this segment kind of the main idea of this passage, and here it is. The your words have power. Your words have power. Now, when when I say your words have power, let me tell you what I don't mean. What I don't mean, what I'm not saying is that when you speak your words, they go out into the universe and create reality that will come back to you in positive things. Okay, that is not what I'm saying. There's some people that say that today, and there are people that uh, approach that. The only Only one who can speak words and create reality is God, right? He spoke and the worlds came into being. But that's not what God tells us about our words. But our words do have power in the sense that your words have the power to heal or to hurt. Your words have the power to build up or to tear down. Your words have power to speak life or to take life away. Just consider people in human history, right, that have used their words for evil or for good. Of course, the poster child is probably Hitler, right, is one who was a powerful communicator, a riveting communicator, and yet his words 
killed millions of people. Or Osama bin Laden with his words incited uh, terrorists to jihad. Or you look at Martin Luther King, right? Uh, Martin Luther King Jr., who, who through his words brought uh, liberty and championed uh, freedoms and in equal rights and civil rights. Or you look at our founding fathers who used their words to draft the document that ensures our liberties. Or even look at the words of Jesus that brought not only physical life, but eternal life. See, uh, words matter. And listen, your words matter. Your words have the power to cultivate deep friendships and relationships. Your words have the power to inspire and to cast vision and to bring good out of somebody. Or your words can crush somebody in a way that they may be crippled the rest of their life. So, so our words matter. In fact, that's really what James is saying in, in verse 1. Look at it again. He says, not many of you should uh, become teachers, my brothers, because you know that you'll receive a stricter judgment. In other words, this is, a, by the way, this is the verse that keeps me up at night on Saturday nights, all right? This is the one that keeps me up because I'm thinking, wow, okay, great. Uh, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit under a stricter judgment because I'm going to stand up here and talk to you about what God says. And I'm held accountable for every word. If I lead you to what is true, what is right and, and accurate, then, then that's good, praiseworthy. But if not, then I'm, I'm held under judgment for that because God scrutinizes every word. And you say, well, I'm glad I'm not a preacher, right? Man, Woo! I'm glad that's on you, Craig. That's not on me. Well, hold on just a minute. Did you know that he also scrutinizes every word that you speak? In fact, Jesus said it this way in Matthew 12, verse 36. But I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. What that means is that every word you're accountable for. Every word you said in that text that you said in anger, every word that you said when you hung up the phone from that person and said what you really think about them, every word that you whispered to somebody and said, well, don't tell anybody else. I'm just trusting you with this. Every word you're accountable for. So why, are, why is God so interested in our words? Why is that such a big deal to God? And, and we're back to the main point. Your words have power. Your words have power. You say, well, what kind of power do my words have? Well, let me give you a couple of things. First one is this, your words have the power to direct your words have the power to direct not only the course of your life but the course of other people's lives and this is really what he's getting at um, at the first part of this chapter he gives two illustrations he talks about the horse right this massive horse large powerful muscular animal and yet you can turn that thing to the right or the left with just this little bitty bit in its mouth Right? Something very small can turn this massive animal. And he says, let me give you another illustration. What about a ship, right? This massive ship, this cruise ship can be turned at the will, can be directed at the will of the captain by just turning a, this little bitty, in, in comparison, this small rudder. And the idea is that something very small can direct something very large. And he said, in the same way, your tongue, comparison to your whole body, is very small, and yet it can set your whole direction of your life. What you say can direct your life. 
It can direct that relationship if you're going to stay married or not, or if you're going to get engaged or not, if that friendship is really going to flourish or not. All that can be determined by your tongue. Whether you get that job or not can be determined by your tongue. I was talking with a guy this week, and he was telling me about uh, a relative of his that he was in college, and he said some really inflammatory things that were bad, and it and happened to go viral online, and he said when he graduated, he could not get a job because the first thing those employers do is look at your social media, and it kept pulling back to this one thing that he said when he was in college. Your words had, these have the power to direct the course of his life. Your words have uh, the power to direct you in any, every possible way. When you're pulled over, your words have the power to either get you a warning or get you a trip to the office with steel bracelets, all right? Uh, it's your words have power to direct your life. And that's really what he's saying. Just small little thing, the tongue, but it has so much power to direct the course of your going. It can direct your life, shape your reputation, determine your impact. I think about Roseanne Barr just recently, about a year ago, that one tweet in the middle of the night, she was probably intoxicated and her career is poof over. Uh, her words mattered. Words matter. Think about your relationship with God. If you have words of repentance and brokenness and honesty and truth-telling, it can open up heaven. If you have words of pride and resistance and blasphemy, they can take you to hell. Your words, words really matter to God. They have the way of directing your life. That's why Job said it this way, I put my hand over my mouth, right? Sometimes that's just what we need to do, right, amen? Just put my hands over my mouth. I was thinking about that this week. Uh, it was a really poignant illustration. Some of you came to Easter Sunday. Some of you were in the third service. How many were in the third service on Easter Sunday? All right, got a few in the third service on Easter Sunday. We had something happen in the third service that has never happened to me before, all right? So we're, we're in the third service. We're about halfway through the third service. And all of a sudden, the fire alarm goes off. All the strobes, beep, beep, beep. You start to hear this voice saying, please evacuate the building. Please evacuate the building now. And so I'm like, okay. So now remember, this is Easter. And I'm watching everyone leave the building, which is like preacher nightmare, right? I'm like, what is going on here? You know, and so finally in a couple of minutes, we figure out, you know, it's not a fire. And everybody come back in. So everybody comes back in and we kind of hit reboot and start over again and kind of made a little joke. And then I got up and preached. It was fine. It was, it was great. But of course, at the end of the third service, as I'm like headed home, I'm wondering what happened. So I, I'm on the phone with Zach, our operations guy. He says, Craig, uh, are you sitting down? I said, yes, I'm sitting down. Are you taking a breath? I'm taking a breath. Tell me what happened. He said, well, uh, one of our sweet ladies that just works on our team, and she's doing, so she worked so hard, Craig. She worked so hard on this weekend. And uh, we, we had some beeping on our fire alarm, and she was told that uh, this code, if you punch the code in, then the beeping would stop. And she, she punched in the wrong code. She punched in the code for the fire drill. Not good. I mean, can you imagine her punching that beep, beep, beep? No! <laughs> She's like, no, stop, stop, stop. I, mean, I could just imagine in my mind what, what was going on uh, in her life at that very moment. It's like, beam me up, Scotty, right? Right then. Just take me out of here. And uh, so anyway, um, so I, I hung up the phone. I'm like, okay, I need to respond to this. And uh, so what should I say? You know, and so I just... I talked with Liz about it, and then I just texted her, and I said, hey, um, 
Thank you for all your hard work for this weekend. I know you worked super hard and, and, and all, the, all the stuff that went well. And I said, oh, and by the way, about the alarm, uh, don't worry about it. We're gonna laugh about this thing for years to come. Don't worry about it. And man, listen, I love you. We're thankful for you. And, and that was it. And uh, so she replied back. She was very thankful. And uh, so I watched our team on Monday as we got together. Everybody was kind of like loving on her, you know, and kind of hugging on her, you know, and being really super sweet. And, and then uh, by Tuesday, it was getting more to teasing now. All right. So they were like, oh, there were a lot of fire jokes you know, going on. And, uh, and they were saying, let's get our t-shirt that says, I push the button. You know, I don't know. I don't know if that's a good thing or not. Maybe not. But, uh, but we're just a lot of joking. But what I thought was so cool is to watch you know, that could have gone really bad in a lot of ways uh, as far as how people responded to that situation. And it was so neat to just watch grace and humor and, and, and love be shown. Um, it could have directed that thing in a lot of different ways. And that's, how do you respond? How do you respond when somebody doesn't do something you want them to do? How do you respond when things go wrong, when things don't go your way? Do you get aggravated? Do you get angry? Do you go, they're going to pay? You know, are you, uh, are you gracious? You know, Colossians 4, 6 says, let your conversations be always full of grace. Always. How often should your words be full of grace? Somebody tell me. Always. Oh, thank you, brother. That's right always full of grace. Some, some of you, hey, listen, some of you are still being directed by words somebody said to you. Somebody told you when you were a kid that you were fat and now you're constantly worried about your weight. Somebody alluded to you that you're not the sharpest knife in the drawer and now you're constantly watching what you say to not let on or say something stupid that people would laugh at. Somebody told you that you were uh, not going to make it in life. And so you've been pushing, to, trying to prove to that person that you're going to make it. And words are still directing the choices you make. See, uh, words have the power to not only direct our life, but the lives of others. Not only that, the words have the power to direct, but words also have the power to destroy. That can be destructive. Look at, uh, look at what he says in verse 5. He said, uh, so too, though, the tongue is a small part of the body. Uh, it boasts great things. Consider how a small fire sets ablaze a large forest, and the, the tongue is a fire. Uh, the tongue, a world of unrighteousness, uh, is placed among our members. It stains the whole body, sets the course of life on fire. It, is, it itself is set on fire. By, I'm emphasizing that word for a reason, right? Fire. It's like a fire. It's destructive. It, it gets out of control. I mean, that one uh, tweet, and then all of a sudden, like, it's shared. Boop, 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 boop. It's shared, you know, or, or that one comment on that string gets pulled out, or, or that one clip of what you said gets taken out of context, or I heard so-and-so say such-and-such. Yeah, they really said that, blah, blah, And then it just goes, and you can't get it back. I remember one time I was with a, a friend of mine. He was having his bachelor party, and I was, I was younger, and I was in his bachelor party, and it was pretty tame. We were just going to hang out at his brand-new apartment and cook some uh, cook, you know, burgers and whatnot. And so um, everything was still in boxes. He wasn't even unpacked. And so we found a pot. We decided we were going to make French fries, all right? So we get a pot, and we start pouring this oil in it. Are y'all with me already? Start pouring oil in there. And then we turn it on hot, you know, it started boiling and, and everything. And then we got this pack of a frozen French fry, rip into that thing. And we throw that, 
whole package in there, and I was spitting, and it's, it's boiling, and it's, it's starting to spit uh, oil up on the backsplash, which was wallpaper, right next to the stove. And, uh, and so now it's starting to really boil and we're trying to, well, maybe this isn't how it's supposed to go. And, and then it starts boiling over the top and somehow some oil gets down to the base and hits the flame and poof. I mean, it's like inferno, instant inferno. I mean, it's like shooting fire that high off the top of the pot. And we're like, oh, you know, what, what do we do? And, and one guy goes, well, put some water on. Like, no, 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 no. You don't put, you don't put water on a grease fire. So we need some powder. We need some, we need some flour. We need an extinguisher. And they're like going through the box. We don't know where anything is. You know, there's no, there's no extinguisher. There's no flour. There's nothing to put this in. We can't move it because if we f- drop it, then it goes everywhere. I mean, it's, it's like, this is really getting bad. And I'm seeing the flame is getting close to that, that wallpaper. And then if that goes, then we got an even bigger problem. And so, uh, I, I just, I get sheer adrenaline and a miracle all right I'm telling you this is like a miracle I got this cup towel right I just come to, and I just start fanning you're like Craig that's not gonna do anything right and I'm just like fanning and then I'm like going to I mean I'm like fanning as fast as I can and, and, the, and sure enough the fire starts going lower and lower and I'm like oh it's working it's working and, and then there's one and the thing all I, literally goes all the way out can you believe that a miracle of God right a miracle of God crossing the Red Sea, you know, Lazarus raised from the dead and the pot on fire going out. A miracle. I've never, every time I see a, a, a story about fire, I always think about that moment. It could have gone so crazy bad. And here's the deal though. There are some things that you say you can't fan out. There's some things that you, some words you say, and they are really hurtful. And if that person ever heard you say it, they'd be devastated can't go out. And he said, this, this, your tongue is like a fire, man. It's not only a fire. It gets what he says. It is a fire set on fire by hell. James is like gloves off. He's telling us the way it is. And he said, what he's saying is this. He said, just as God can use your words to lift up others and to speak life and others and share the gospel and move people toward Jesus, Satan can also use your words to do great damage. Imagine somebody comes to our church and uh, after the service, woman's in tears. She says, I'm just so unhappy and my marriage has never been happy and, and I just feel like I just need to leave. You know, I just, God would want me to be happy and I just, I just, I'm not, I don't want to go to counseling. I don't want to do anything. I just want to leave and just get out. And somebody comes alongside of her and she says, you know what? I just, I think you're right. You know, I think God really wants you to be happy and you don't need to stay. You don't need to work on your marriage. Just, just be in an attempt to help you just led her contrary to God's word, against God's word, where there's real life. So many times Satan can use your words out of anger, out of frustration, out of whatever, even your own opinion. And you haven't asked God about that. And you're just kind of given what you think. And it has nothing to do with God's word. Remember Peter, when Peter, Jesus is like, I'm going to go die, I'm going to be crucified. And Peter's like, no, 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 Jesus, you're not going to die. You're not going to be crucified. You know, that's not going to happen. I'm not going to let that happen. And he turned to Peter and he said, get behind me, Satan. What was happening? In that moment, Peter was allowing his words to be directed by Satan himself to thwart the direction of God's purposes. 
He said, this, you gotta be careful, man. This tongue thing, it is a serious thing to God. We're accountable for every word. It can direct people's lives for good or for bad. It can destroy people. And Satan can even use your words, spoke out of frustration or anger or, or the intent to hurt that can really do serious damage. He said, not only is it destructive like a fire, I mean, he's probably just trying to come up with other illustrations. Okay, what's dangerous? He said, it's like, it's like a wild animal. He said, like, you know, we, we can tame reptiles and we can tame, can, we can tame birds and we can tame lions. We can tame all kinds of wild animals, but no one can tame the tongue. Can't do it. In fact, I heard one person say, this is why God put your tongue behind bars of ivory surrounded by the wall of your mouth. It is like a cage for a wild, poisonous animal that can hurt so many people. Some of you have been hurt by words that people have said about you. And you replay them in your mind. And it's one thing to go back later and go, well, I didn't really mean it that way, or boy, I'm really sorry. But you know what? It's kind of like trying to put the toothpaste back in the tube, right? Can't be done. James chapter 3, verse 9. With the tongue we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in God's likeness. Blessings and curses come out of the same mouth. My brothers and sisters, these things should not be this way. Gordon McDonald is a popular writer, preacher, pastor, and he tells a story about how he was in uh, Japan uh, on a preaching tour with another older pastor, and they were walking down uh, the streets of... Uh, this, uh, the city, and uh, a, a common friend that they knew came up, and Gordon made some kind of negative comment. He made some kind of crass comment about this guy. He said it was critical, it was hurtful, it was negative. It was kind of a cut down to this guy. And the older pastor stopped in his tracks and turned to Gordon, and he said these words, Gordon, a man who claims to love God would never speak like that about a friend. He said in that moment, it was like just a dagger in his side. And he was shocked, but he was immediately convicted. He said, from that point forward, every time I started to say something negative about a person, I would always remember that friend of mine saying, a man who claims to love God would never say a thing like that about a friend. I wonder how many times the Holy Spirit has winced when you said something about someone, called them a name, said how much you hate them or how much you don't like them. And you know, it's one thing to say, well, okay, I'm not supposed to say that against my Christian brothers and sisters, but I can say that about that politician because I really hate their guts. Or, you know, they're tearing out, you know, but no, you know what? The Bible says that even that person is created in the image of God. Even that person Jesus died for Instead of cursing them, maybe we should be praying for them that they would come to Christ. See, God put this tongue in your mouth. MJ talked about it earlier. God put this tongue in our mouth. And the reason God gave us the gift of speech, something he hasn't given any other animal on the planet. He gave only us the gift of speech. And the reason why we have the gift of speech is so that we can declare the praises of God. And, and that's why we have this and to take what God gave us as a gift to declare his praise and curse people. 
He said, brothers and sisters, this should never, ever be. Listen, our tongues matter. Our words have power. Your words have power. Power to direct, power to destroy. But here's one thing I want you to understand. You have the power to decide how you use your tongue. Only you have the power to decide how you use your tongue. James goes on to say this, and I don't want you to miss it. Look at verse 11. He says, does a spring pour out sweet and bitter water from the same opening? Can a fig tree produce olives? My brothers and sisters, or a, or a grapevine produce figs, neither can a saltwater spring yield fresh water. What is he saying? He's saying, if the water is bad, consider the source, right? If the fruit is bad, consider the source. If your words are bad, consider the source. Where do your words come from? What is the source of your words? When I was uh, a kid, when I was like in elementary school, I loved my bike, all right? It was the coolest bike ever. I stripped it down. I put some motocross handlebars on it. I put this little seat on it. I t ripped off the fenders, man. It was knobby tires. I lived on this bike. I mean, I jumped ramps. I just, all from morning to night, I lived on this bike. And even as a young kid, I understood this one principle that whatever I did with my pedals determined uh, how my wheel did, right? So if I slammed back on the pedals, my wheel would stop. If I pumped harder with the pedals and it would drive through this chain, it would drive the wheel, right? What James is saying is there is this connection, this chain between your heart and your words. And whatever's going on in your heart is what spins your words. Jesus put it this way in Luke 6, 45. He said, a good person produces good out of the good stored up in his heart. Evil person produces evil out of the evil stored up in his heart. For his mouth speaks from the overflow of his heart. So if you have anger in your heart, then you have angry words. If you have name calling out of your mouth, it comes from a condescending attitude in your heart. Listen, only you have the power to decide to ask God to search your heart and to evaluate your words and say, what is this saying about me? If we were to look at all your words, what is this saying about the condition of your heart? How many of your words were positive? How many words were about Jesus? How many words were based on scripture? How many words were building and giving life? And how many words were just critical and negative, hurtful? Blame casting. Only you can decide. You have the power to decide the source of your words and you also have the power to surrender your heart to God. In James, it says this at the very end in James chapter four, we just read this. He said, therefore submit to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. You have the opportunity, you have the power to decide today. You know what, I don't like the words that are coming out of my mouth. I realize I have the power to direct, I realize I have the power to destroy, I realize that I have the power to decide what words I use and I need God to change my heart. I need him to change me. Because if my heart changes, then my words will change. If my heart changes, then what comes out of my mouth Will bring people to Jesus.